Hey guys, welcome to episode six. This is Brian Lackey. I'm Luis, the host. So Brian's from originally from Maryland, and uh, but right now he's um, in Brazil. Where are you exactly? So right now I'm in Belo Horizonte, Brazil. It's the mm-hmm. third largest city. Belo Horizonte. So what, so what brought you to Belo Horizonte? So when I had backpacked Brazil in 2017, this is one of my favorite places because it's a lot chiller than Rio and Sao Paulo and there's also less gringos, you know, and gringos are fine. But like when I was in Medellin, I was hanging out with all the gringos. And so I wasn't, you know, learning as much Spanish as I should have. Mm-hmm. And so here there's like, I haven't seen any foreigners the whole time I've been here. And it's like chill, you know, um, it's cheaper too. I, I don't know. I like, I love it here. Cool. And before I get to like the details about Brazil and um, maybe even you learning Portuguese, um, how did you even, um, Oh, are you are you are you working there right now, or how is that working out? Because you do yeah. um, you're a you work in marketing at Crisp Video, correct? And you're a, as a senior paid ad specialist, specialist, correct? That's correct. As of a few days ago, senior paid ad specialist promotion, nice. Yeah, but uh, yeah, so I'm working here remotely, and actually, like since I've been here, I've just been getting way more shit done, and that's kind of why I got <laughs> promoted a few days ago because back at the office. Like, I'm doing the same job, but back at the office, it's so easy to get distracted because, like, I'm friends with a bunch of people there. So we, you know, fuck around, walk around, mm-hmm. spend a lot of time making coffee, you know, shit like that. <laughs> Here, like, I can talk to the people and the co-working that I'm at if I want mm-hmm. to, but most of the time I don't because I just want to be locked in, get shit done. Um, yeah, just get shit done and do a good job. And Gotcha. How, wait, but yeah, can we can we take it back though, like to like the beginning, like you know, way back before you were even remote or in Brazil? Um, how did how did this start? You know, like how did first of all, yeah, how did you even, you know, I guess yeah, because you mentioned you traveled uh, across Latin America, right? Um, after was it after college? Like how did that how did that even like get into your mind? Like what happened? Like you know, someone just said, hey man, you should check out Latin America. How did that happen? So the whole, here's the whole saga. So the whole saga probably started when. I downloaded Duolingo on my phone, like freshman, sophomore year of college, because mm-hmm. I thought I knew Spanish. And then I figured out, okay, I actually don't know Spanish. So I spent a lot of time studying and I worked at some Mexican restaurants and I actually learned like a lot of Spanish in a year. And then the next year, there were some Brazilians at my university in the program, Sin Fronteras, which is Science Without Borders. Right. And so I started hanging out with them and I started learning Portuguese. Okay, grammar is easy. So like I learned really fast, hung out with them a lot. And then it just taught me a lot about Brazil. And then when I graduated, I had studied geography. I did some internships. I didn't really like the work. Mm-hmm. And so I was like all right, some people go backpacking in Europe. I'm just going to go backpack Brazil and kind of go like soul searching. So I backpacked around Brazil for like a month and a half. And then I ended up living with this family for a month and a half in a poor neighborhood in a city called Hisifi. Dude, how was, how was that? Dude, that's when I learned, like that's when my Portuguese, Portuguese got like really locked down because like <laughs> no one was speaking English like at all. And yeah. And it was pretty dangerous too. And it was good because I got to see like the average Brazilian, how like that, you know, how the reality for probably like the average Brazilian. And Hasifi, because, right? Yeah, and Hasifi. Because normally yeah. when you're when you're just being a tourist, you're going to like Copacabana in Rio mm-hmm. and like, the rich parts of the city. And mm-hmm. we were like, really far away from the rich part. So uh, that was, it was a good learning experience. Mm. 
And then after that, then I, I went back to the U.S. briefly for like one month. But, well, while I was in Hasifi, I taught English a little bit and I liked it. So when I went back for a month, I just spent the whole time developing like an English course, like based off of like my knowledge of Portuguese. And then I kind of like had to like relearn English and like study English to actually figure out how it works. Mm-hmm. Then I made like a whole like learning system. And then I went to Florinopolis, which is another city that I liked in Brazil. In the south. Right. And I was going to teach English there, except that I wanted to be a surfer. <laughs> so like, I, moved, <laughs> I moved to a small fishing village where there were like not that many people. So I didn't make basically any money. You know, I made a little bit, but like it was not enough to like cover my cost of living, you know? Right. And, you know I would just like, I surfed a lot and I taught English a decent amount as much as I could. And then I did that for like three months. And in that three months, that's when I started putting I kind of started making stuff digital. So I started like making uh, like slideshows and like making like lesson plans and like homeworks mm-hmm. and printed out and stuff. And then after those three months, my six months in Brazil were up. So I had to leave. So I went back to the US. And then when I went back, that's when I wanted to keep teaching people, but I wasn't there physically. So I had to learn about websites. So I got a job at another Mexican restaurant because it's like my default uh, job. <laughs> Mexican restaurant? Were you like what? Just like waiting tables? Yeah, waiting tables. Because cool. I figure, like, okay, I could be a waiter anywhere, but if I'm right. a waiter at a Mexican restaurant, at least I'm learning Spanish. Plus, I like Mexican food. So it's kind of a win win. True. So I was doing that, working every day. And then every night, I would just spend all night learning about like WordPress, uh, ads, you know, digital marketing, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And then um, I got some clients online. I was doing Google search ads and then still working with the Mexicans, Mexican restaurant. And then I formed an LLC called Gringo English LLC. My website. Gringo English. uh Uh-huh. My website is gringoenglish.com. That's a pretty good domain name. I still have it. Gringo English. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It is. I remember that one. And uh, so I did that and then I was getting some clients. Okay. And then like, I don't know how many months would buy, maybe like six months, something like that. And then I had some clientele. Okay. I don't remember how many, maybe like 10, 15, 20 clients, something like Mm -hmm. that private english lessons try to do groups just don't try to do group english classes online if you're doing a solo it's like too hard to organize Listen <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, then uh i was making some money so i was like okay i might as well just move to colombia so i cost of living's down right you know prove my spanish and so i went to medellin and then that's when we met i think when i was still teaching brazilians no i think i met you when i started transitioning so there brazil always has uh crises going on and so one of the <laughs> crises that was happening was all the truckers went on strike in 2018 i don't know you can look it up and uh there was like no food in the grocery store so people started panicking so then mm-hmm. people i was teaching english like why are you going to keep learning english if you can't even like get food you know so they were like right <laughs> keep doing it it's, it's, a, it's a good point <laughs> I was like, okay, I don't, I don't blame you. And then, uh, so like I was losing people and I was like, man, why don't I just, why, why does the clientele have to be Brazilian? Why can't the clientele be from like a rich country like the U S and I was in Colombia. So I was thinking, why can't we just hire someone here and then have the clients there? Mm-hmm. They're going to pay more than it costs to pay someone to teach English for a good salary. So it's a win-win. And right. so, I think I met you when I was like transitioning into that. Mm-hmm. And so that was when I started Lingo Dragon, which is my other website. And I'm so like all my stuff, I translated it all from Portuguese to Spanish. So that actually wasn't too hard. 
it did take a while, but it wasn't too hard. Okay, so what, what was a uh, Lingo Dragon? Yeah, for the people that don't know. So Lingo Dragon was just the same thing as Gringo English. Like okay. Gringo English, me personally teaching English to Brazilians. Lingo Dragon was like the same thing, like same class class structure. And I had like, mm-hmm. on, I had an open source learning management system called Moodle I was using. I had a bunch of stuff in there and I had like WhatsApp groups. So it was like basically all that was me teaching English to Brazilians. And then Lingo Dragon was teaching Spanish to Americans, but okay, like I, okay. I could teach Spanish, but like I'm not a native speaker. Like I, I think it's best when a native speaker is teaching, you know, mm-hmm. plus, plus, but at this point I was figuring out like it's hard to teach and do all the technical stuff at the same time. Cause it's so much work. So at that point I was working like, like, I don't know, 50, 60 hour weeks and making like basically no money. And sure. Yeah. So then that's, that's when I hired Liz. So Liz was a Venezuelan refugee that I found on a website called, uh, I think it was OLX or something like that, which is like Latin American eBay. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You did like a job posting or something. So I met her and then. You didn't find uh, her on Mercado Libre? Maybe you, could find, <laughs> you could find everything on there. Honestly, maybe that was it. I put a job posting somewhere. Some yeah. people responded. She was the most, like, I don't know. She seemed the most, like, capable. And so, and her English was really good, too. So we met up. And then I was ex- explaining, you know, like, what I was doing. And got her trained up. Got some clients. But it was hard because it was just hard. Like, there was so many, like, moving parts. And, like, mm-hmm. the shit was getting complicated. And so I did that for a while and I was basically still not making any money. And then, uh, then I went to Bogota for a week, hung out with some people cause my like six months were ending. And then in like a, like a Hail Mary, then I went to Mexico cause I was like, okay, like, I think this should work. And then I go back to the U S and, uh, and then I don't know Then I'm kind of fucked. So, but <laughs> I remember in Mexico, we got our first client and I was like really fucking happy. I think it was two hundred ten dollars, and I remember exactly where I was, and I saw it come through on my phone. Yeah, and that did not nearly cover the cost of all the other shit we've been doing, all the hours and stuff. But it mm-hmm. was a win, you know. And they got a couple more clients, but it was like really not enough, fast enough to, you know, mm-hmm. make it viable. So, yeah, and, and and you and you had to leave because uh, the 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 six months, right? Like the tourist thing was it the tourist visa was ending. Yeah, my six months were up. And then, I mean, it kind of worked out because her family ended up moving back to Venezuela because her oh. grandma got sick or something. So it you look was at like, the positive side, right? <laughs> so, I mean, it, it didn't work out for everyone. It kind of sucked, but it kind of, I don't know, kind of worked out. But anyway, I came back to the U.S. and I was like, damn, bro, I fucked up. Like, I've wasted the last two years of my life and I've accomplished Just trying, trying, trying businesses out and whatnot, right? I was, I was like, I have like no money left basically at this point. I have mm-hmm. nothing to do with this. So my thought process was what? Okay, I'm going to work at another Mexican restaurant. But this time, <laughs> I'm going to get money. And instead of advertising myself, I'm going to pay an agency to do it for me. And then I can figure out that part. And then we'll do that. And then I'll get rich. So I made a whole like thing explaining like my, my business and all the numbers and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then went to a digital marketing agency i showed it to them and i was like how can you how can you guys help me and they're like we kind of want to hire you and i was like oh because like i knew like so much stuff by this point i didn't mm-hmm. realize and uh 
and it didn't end up working out with them. But once they said that, I was like, okay, I need to get my resume together and, and get a job doing this shit. Cause I've, now I know this shit. Cause that's what I've been doing the last two years. Right. And then I applied to a bunch of places. And then I, I remember I found this job on Indeed and Chris video. And it was like a very cryptic job description, the like, mm-hmm. job offer. And it was like this mysterious thing, like call this number. And I called this number and there was like some guy screaming about like on, on some crazy shit. <laughs> you want it? Like, I don't know. He was like really hyped up and like, like gave like very detailed like instructions that you had to follow. Mm-hmm. So, uh, the first one was like send an email. So I typed up kind of like the most, it wasn't the most insane, but I typed up a pretty crazy email talking about how I was a, like a fanatic for uh, digital marketing. Marketing. You know, and they got back to me. And the, the hiring process at Chris was kind of weird. It's different now, but you have to take like a bunch of psychological tests and mm-hmm. do a bunch of assignments, you know, and they're like very selective. They say they hire one in a thousand people. It's probably one in like a few hundred. Maybe it is <laughs> okay. a thousand, but they're like very selective because there's like a lot of things you have to do right. And mm-hmm. then uh, I ended up getting the job so that. My parents were living in Huntsville, Alabama, so that was a pretty easy move to go to Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then start working there. And then, and, and at this point, you know, so you kind of like, you know, your business has failed, you run out of money, move back to Alabama, start waiting tables again, and but somehow they as a just job, not a job, it was an agency, right, that said they wanted to hire you but didn't work out. Now you're moving to Atlanta because you got hired yeah. at Chris, right? And at that yeah. point, were you thinking, you know, I'm going to work here and I'm going to go remote and I'm going to go travel again? Or what was your th- thought process? Or you're like, I'm not going to build a business while I'm here. Dude, I was at that point, I was just happy to be making money. I was just thinking like, <laughs> I got a job. And then I like, guess time went on. I was like, dude, I, I'm just like, not like, it's okay, but I'm not, I don't feel like I'm like living, you know? Yeah. And so like, as time went on, I was eventually like, I proposed the idea. I was like, what if I can work remotely? And they're like, Brian, we don't care where you are as long as you get your shit done. Just like and, that. But that was like that was like the start of it, but it took like a lot more than that. You know, like we had to like really talk about it, talk about like how it worked. I was the first person first person in the company to work remotely uh, mm-hmm. abroad. There was a couple of people working remotely domestically. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we yeah, we came up with a plan and ended up happening uh yeah, a year in, like one year mark, they were like, all right that's when you can go remote if you hit all your goals. So we made it happen. Now I'm remote. So now it, now I'm happy because initially when I was abroad, I was felt like I was living, but like, like financially and professionally, like failing pretty bad. Mm-hmm. And when I was working there, like, okay, I was, I was making money and like doing well professionally, but I wasn't really living and now I'm succeeding in both. So now I'm like, this is like where I need to be, you know? Right. And, um, that's my song. And why did you still in the end just decided to do Brazil instead of anywhere else in the world? Dude, because Bra- Brazil is my favorite place in the world. Actually, when I left, um, when I left Brazil in 2017, I had a bracelet on, and I was like, I bought it the last day. You know, one of those like things you like tie on. Right. I was like, right, I'm buying this shit, and I'm wearing it till I till the day I come back. And then, yeah, like two years later, I was like, fuck, man, I'm never getting back to Brazil. Mm-hmm. I gave up, <laughs> but like I'd always want to come back to Brazil, and then fuck, I'm back in Brazil. And do you think you didn't? You made it back, you know, just because, like it's something because you like really wanted it, or oh, was yeah. it? Yeah. Power. Like you, like this whole time that you were, you know, started, you know, 
trying your businesses out, did you have Brazil in mind? You know, I'm going to go back or just, Brazil, I'm going to go remote kind of, you know, go abroad. Is that what you like, want it? Like I like traveling. I like different places, but Brazil is my favorite place. Okay. Like definitely. Like if you, when you come to Brazil, you'll see what's up. Dude, yeah, I'll do, yeah, I'll have to make another one there. <laughs> live, live podcast. Um, but that, yeah, man. Well, I'm glad that you made it out there. Yeah, I remember um, you were always talking about Brazil, and you worked hard for for about <laughs> like a yeah a year or so. Like after you went to Atlanta, I was like, how are you doing it, man? Just being out there and wanting to be in um in Brazil. Um, you know, what did your um, your, what do your friends think about you you moving out to Brazil? Your family, you know, were they? Are they like supportive about it, or they're like, "No, what are you doing, Brian? You know, why are you going to Brazil?" Dude, my well, my, the first time I came, actually, I wanted to. The first time I came was in 2017, right? Mm-hmm. I wanted to come during when were the Olympics? Was that 2016? I'm not sure. I think it was 2016. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, 2016, because I wanted to. I remember I wanted to go to the Olympics because. At that point, Brazil still had a visa. They don't have it any. You don't need a visa to come anymore. But at that point, That's you needed. Awesome. A visa, but they suspended it for the Olympics. So I told my parents, I was like, I want to go to Brazil, and check it out. And they didn't let me. They're like, <laughs> no, you're you're not going to Brazil. But then when I graduated the next year in 2017, I was like, screw you. Not really, but you know, because I was like nice about it. But I was like, they don't want me to go, but I don't care. I'm going to Brazil. And, uh, you know, they're worried, which smart because, you know, first time I came, I didn't know what was safe, like what was not safe. I'm actually surprised I didn't get robbed. Right. Uh, but they were not fans. They were not at all fans. And mm-hmm. then when I went to Colombia, they weren't as down with it either. But now they're like, whatever. Like, <laughs> <laughs> whatever. What about, what, what about your friends? Was it hard to leave the States? Then, you know, like, I, Here's the thing, like, after after I left Maryland, um, I left Maryland, like, right when I finished high school. So I had to, like, make a whole bunch of, like, make all my, all my friends again in college. Mm. Like, and, but, like, my parents' city, like, I'd only ever spent summers there. I never actually lived there. So I basically don't have, like, a friend network there. So that was, like, not gotcha. a problem to leave there. And then Tus- Tuscaloosa, where I went to school with the Bama, it was mm-hmm. like after college, everyone leaves. Right. You know, so at that point, there's like really nothing keeping me there because we, <laughs> you know, if, it, if I were in Maryland, maybe it'd be different. The only thing that's hard is my family, but um, we stay in touch a lot. Right. And, but did you, do you feel this like pressure that, you know, you should be kind of like going up this like normal, like traditional path, you know, getting the house, the car, you know, not working in brazil remotely it's like completely different you know you know how did you have to like kind of like at some point say you know that's not what i want or when did you come to that realization if you have i mean yeah i've definitely come to that realization uh i don't know if there's like a day it's just kind of like a slow thing and why and how and why and how did that happen i mean there's there's a few reasons like initially like i like the lifestyle here better i like the climate's better Americans are nice, but the people here are even nicer. Mm-hmm. And uh, the culture, like, there's a lot of things I like, you know. Um, and so it's not just like the fact that I like Brazil. It's like also like working remotely now, which I didn't know until recently because I get more shit done, and uh, it gives you more freedom, you know. Mm-hmm. 
And on top of that, like, uh, we're being able to work remotely, you know, the cost of living is a lot lower here than there. So I don't mm-hmm. live like my, like my, like, I don't live like, like I'm way richer than I was before, but I'm able to save up money, you know, and not really have to worry about it like before. So there's just like a whole lot of things that add up to be like, yeah, this is a much better situation. Much, much better. Oh yeah. <laughs> so basically like being out there, you're leveraging um, the income that you make because you make, you know, make a U.S. salary, right? Living in Brazil. So that for sure, like it's probably like, what, two, three times the price, like, you know, well, more than, I guess when you convert it into Hayas, is it's a lot more, correct? It's cheaper, but Brazil is actually kind of expensive for South America. Mm-hmm. The only country that's more expensive is probably Chile. So it's it's up there. Just weird. But uh, I think it's worth it. But yeah, Colombia was like way cheaper than Brazil. Mexico too. Really? It's kind of like a, it's like a, kind of like a step above. Because of Brazil, Brazil, Colombia, and then Mexico. You say Mexico is cheaper than Colombia? You think so? I think no, so. No, no, no. I, I, I would say they're about, they about the cool. same. But like Medellin's probably a little bit more. Yeah. Um, dude, I went to Guatemala in August. I took a little little PTO there. Mm-hmm. That place is cheap. Gotcha. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the Central America is cheaper, except I think like Costa Rica. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's like super so many tours there. And um, yeah, there's a question like, what did, what what have you learned? You just being um, like, what is the main one thing that you've learned? You know, from living, I guess now in Brazil and in the U.S. or just Latin America compared to the states something that you know or or have you just learned something you know just by being out there about yourself that you didn't know before i don't know if i can like put my finger on one thing i will say one thing that i have appreciation for now when i come back to the u.s compared to latin america mm-hmm. is being able to feel safe because here safe not always safe, especially yeah brazil but belarus it's not safe uh no, you look. You're looking around like, yeah. <laughs> Everywhere in Brazil, look when it comes, when it turns nighttime, mm-hmm. it's not necessarily safe. I mean, even during the day, depending where you go, most places are fine. You know, mm-hmm. if you know what's up, it's fine. But it's kind of something you always have to like keep in mind. In the U.S., like you don't really don't have to think about that. You know, mm-hmm. safety. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, and um what would you um recommend for someone that you know wants to do what you're doing you know when we're working remotely how how would you advise and what would you say to that person you know that was brian graduating from college you know or even let's say someone that's you know still back in the states or europe wherever they're at and that i want to work or i guess anywhere for that matter that want to work remotely i would say don't like just do like what makes sense like uh like if my ultimate my ultimate goal even initially was to work remotely like if i knew that getting into the digital marketing and then just talking to my company about it you know like way ahead of time being like i want to go remote if i knew that was faster than like trying to like come here and start a company on my own when i was like 22 or whatever mm-hmm. all that crazy shit i would have gone right. back in time and just got a job at chris video two years ago and started doing it you know so you would change like, that I think, I think, I think you should, you should just take, like, just look up what jobs can be done remotely mm-hmm. and then find a job doing that and then ask your employer, like, say, like, my ultimate goal is to go remote in, like, a year or two years. 
and just do that. And honestly, I don't think it should be too hard. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I know at least like for doing like um like paid ads and stuff. Right. I think you just like rack up certifications because they're free. Like all the Google Ads ones, Google Analytics, mm-hmm. Google Tag Manager. Um, and then just show that you're like willing to learn. I, I think it shouldn't be too hard to get a job doing it entry level, you know, and even if that job doesn't let you go remote, okay. After a year or whatever, like, you know, you can, I think you can find somewhere that allows it because some jobs are just like, it doesn't really matter if you're there or not, you know, yeah, I mean, but going and like trying to do like a, like freelance, like, like going to like Thailand and do like freelancing, uh, graphic design or something like dude good luck but like i don't think that's has the highest probability of working out you know yeah no i mean it, it's definitely possible but just it's a lot harder it's basically like kind of like having your own business basically um you know just being a freelancer slash contractor um but yeah and, and and there's also just like even now there's so many like remote like job-based websites you know, like dynamite uh jobs it's just like that's a pretty popular one popular one there's so many just remote jobs now that you can just apply to um, but I guess, yeah, in, in some, there's a lot of people that are, you know, still working, you know, from home, wherever, not from home, from like in their cities, whatever happened to go to the commute to the their job and whatnot that could just have this like open conversation that you did with your, your, your boss. Yeah. You know, I, I think it should be fine, but some people do well freelancing, like John from Medellin, you know, oh, like, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. he's been doing it for a while and he's fine, but yeah, that'd be my advice. Just like. Yeah, but he, but he, but he was not. But on another that he was working in that field already for, in in London, so he just took like his expertise and just started doing it on, on Upwork and all these like freelancing websites. So I guess even you could do that now too, right? Just start doing ads, Maybe, Facebook ads but, for people. I mean, it's hard, harder, but, dude, but it, yeah, I mean, yeah, but like if my sole income was based off that. I don't know, man. Like, I'm still like not scarred from those two years of like <laughs> every dollar, but like, I'm, like yeah, you know, I don't want to do that again. You know, it, it, you don't want to ever do it, or just anytime no, soon. You know, I don't not for now. I don't need to do that. And even now, like my dress, my job is like, I wouldn't say it's like high stress. Maybe like medium to high mm-hmm. stress. Um, because you know the company I work at is growing, growing really fast, and they have really high standards. Mm-hmm. But it's nothing compared to like you know like making no money. money. <laughs> <laughs> well, like working like sixty hours and making like oh. <laughs> nothing. Yeah, dude. Yeah, but I mean, I guess. But what was a good thing about that experience? You know, you you know, I know that you're saying you're scarred from it, and it was pretty. I guess there's uh, it was bad, uh, but you know, what did you take away from all of that? Um, I mean, I, I think I just learned a lot about, hmm, I don't know. I think if you can like do something like that, then everything else becomes a lot easier because it's like, you know, like most jobs, things are like processed out and, you know, um, I think it like, it puts other things like in perspective mm-hmm. and, um, what else? I don't know. I guess it's kind of like exercise for your mind in a way, the same way like learning languages. Yeah. What kind of what, what kind of things did you have to you know do? Uh, was your life different? Like, did you have like this routine where you're like, you know, I gotta wake up at this time. I'm gonna work from, you know, eight to eight. You know, was that something yeah. like you were thinking? Well, Wait, like, thinking? well, see, that's another thing. I had to start waking up early because there's <laughs> really enough time to get sh- shit done in the day. So that's actually how I transitioned from 
the college, like sleeping in really late to being like, I need to wake up. And that's also how I started drinking coffee because <laughs> it's like the only way I could, I could get shit done. So it used to be, um, yeah, wake up early, you know, at the house in Medellin, just sit at the table and drink like way too much coffee and, uh, and work and work and work. And it was pretty much like that the whole time till the end when it wasn't working out and I was getting stressed out and it was drink a bunch of coffee smoke some cigarettes too and work and work work and then uh yeah so like I got I was that's how I started drinking coffee and waking up early and those both stick with me to now but I stopped smoking cigarettes okay well that's good to know I'm for sure if your mom's watching this she's she's she'd be happy to hear this too uh, this one stressed out you know it's just something but uh yeah Okay, so so not gonna do any 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 business anytime soon. At least not full time, because then you know, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's it, it is hard for sure. Yeah, and I mean, we were, we were talking about before, like now I help a couple people with Facebook ads, you know, mm-hmm. and people asking for like my advice on stuff, you know, related to digital marketing. I think it's good to do stuff like that, um, you know, to some degree. You know, I don't I don't do it that much because I think it's good to like think outside the scope of what you normally do. Mm-hmm. And uh, it kind of, yeah, it kind of like keeps you sharp. And then you can take stuff from that and apply it to your job. So it's a win-win for everybody, I think. Mm-hmm. And so, so what, what is your, um, your, your long-term goal now? Like, you know, that you're in Brazil, like, what do you, what's your plan? You know, you have like, uh, you know, you just keep working in the company, moving up and, or also like working on, like you said, continue to help people doing Facebook ads on the side. Yeah, I think I'm going to, I mean, we'll see. Mm-hmm. we'll see because like chris my company is interesting because it's growing pretty fast you know it's a startup we more than double every year and you know i've probably been there like longer than like 30 i'm probably in like the probably been there like longer than like two-thirds of the people there mm-hmm. you know and um and i'm really like on my shit you know i really get shit done so i think it's good to stay because um, you know, I'm getting like more and more responsibility as time goes on, you right. know? Um, but I mean, I don't know because, you know, you never know, you know, you never know what so can happen. Kind of seeing where, where this takes you the next few months, I guess, next uh, years, even in just traveling yeah. in Brazil and whatnot. You know? Yeah, 100% I'm going to stay until the end of the year you know, after that, we'll see, like, if, if I were to leave, I would talk to him ahead of time, you know, mm-hmm. it'd be like, kind of like what I'm thinking. Um, but for now, I'm, I'm fine. So my plan for now is, um, be in Brazil until, until the end of April, and then come back to the U.S. in May, my cousin's getting married, and then I kind of want to hang out with family and stuff. And then May, I don't know where I'm going to go, May, June, but, um, in July, I had to go back to my company, to our, to our global HQ. We call it nice. our global HQ now that oh, I was going to work. Um, yeah, because we negotiated a thing where I have to come in like every X amount of months mm-hmm. to, uh, you know. Yeah, to, to work in person. Yeah, to work in person. And like, uh, you know, so they like know I'm, al- I'm alive. Mm-hmm. I haven't been replaced by robots or outsourced nowadays if you can get easily outsourced i'm sorry but anyway and what, what what's been the the you know the thing that you love you would say you love most about brazil something that you learned from okay. the culture i like the, life, the lifestyle i think the lifestyle here makes it a lot easier to be happy than 
in the U.S. Because, like, in the U.S., I hate driving. Okay, I hate driving, and um, and I hate have having to drive to go places, mm-hmm. and I hate the cold. Here, the weather is like pretty mild all year. Highs in Belarusanchi probably range between like eighty five, maybe in the summer to like mm-hmm. maybe low seventies in the winter. I'm not sure. I've never been here in the winter. So you can basically drive like all the time, and and I the co-working that I walk I work at is four blocks away, so I just walk there. Still, so they actually say that people who work who walk to work are happier, and I think that's true. You know, because so like, you're starting like, to feel happier. <laughs> and on the way, I can like uh, you know get a coffee on the way, yeah, or like uh, get an acai or something. Acai. Compared to like Atlanta traffic for like 30, <laughs> 35 minutes, like dude, you cannot compare those two things. Yeah, that's a minimum 30, 30, 45 minutes. Some people drive like over an hour just to get to work. Yeah, so I mean, like, I mean, I mean, agree, man, for sure. You know, I I also work remotely. I haven't really driven anywhere in such a long time. I'm right now in the states, so so I have been driving a little bit more. But overall, yeah, I mean, and the, the funny thing is, like after college, like, my first like a job, I I was work, I started working remotely. So I don't, I didn't really get to experience the whole having to commute to work every single day. Um, so yeah. I mean, I mean, I kind of sometimes wish I did, so I would appreciate it even more. <laughs> so yeah. I'm sure you now really appreciate this for sure, being able to work from wherever. And oh. um, yeah, man. but yeah, definitely. And I'm, yeah, I can relate. Same thing in, in Colombia. You know, you have everything within a few blocks and everything you need from cafes, co-working, um, everything literally you could think of. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's, has it, has it been easy for you? You know, you know, you know, making friends, meeting people. You know, how is your Portuguese is like, I would say, you know, I think it's a pretty good, you know, um, but has it been easy for you now that you move officially to Belo Horizonte? Yeah, like I would say that I was practicing Portuguese with some Brazilians in Atlanta, but not, you know, not every day, definitely. Mm-hmm. So I would say it probably took me about like, like, a, like a week to kind of like catch up to like where I was before. Right. Like adjust. And now it's like okay like for me it's i can do i can say you know like understand everything that i need to know you know something's like too complicated i could like ask a question and figure out what it is mm-hmm. that's fine. the only thing that i can't do is like read legal documents you know like legal language <laughs> in Portuguese. like i don't i don't know like, i don't i never do that right. everything else is fine um um wait what was the question portuguese and what has it been like basically? I mean, I'm so asking like, has it been easy to to move back? You know, make friends, assimilate oh, yeah. to the new culture, oh, yeah. you yeah, know, that's new so, environment. Yeah, making friends, dude. It's Brazilians are very open. It's very easy. Like uh, when I got here, I already knew some people here before I got here. I knew like maybe five, six, seven, eight people, something like that. Mm-hmm. But I got back, and everyone I knew was busy. One of the first weekends I was back. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go to the bar and I'm going to meet some people. So I asked my roommates a bar to go to. They told me. So I went there. And um, when I got there, I found there's like some people chilling outside at like little tables. Right. And from Brazil, you'll see how it is. They get like these big bottles of beer and they drink these like really small cups and they pass them around. So some people were doing that. Like the Kawamas? What is it? Kawamas. Kawamas, what's that? Do you never seen those? The Mexican beers, dude. They're like huge. Maybe. Like, yeah, I think you might have. I don't know what you're talking about. I think yeah, you know. same thing. But in Brazil, they do. They drink the little cups. They all mm. chill. 
I saw some people doing that and I asked them where the bar was that my roommate told me about. Right. And they're like, oh, it's over here. You take this turn, whatever. Okay, so I went there and I didn't like it. I was like, I didn't like the vibe. You couldn't really talk to people. So I was like in there, I was like, okay, I don't, I'm not really feeling this. So I left and I went back to those, the, the dudes that told me that. I was like, man, I don't know. I didn't really like that place. And I was like, uh, can I just chill with you guys? And they're like, hell yeah, man. And then uh, <laughs> so we were some of them knew English too and they wanted to practice. So we were talking English, talking Portuguese, you know, like got kind of drunk, had a good time. Mm. And, uh, and we've been talking and they've invited me to do some stuff. So we'll hang out again and. I mean, it's, it's that easy if you just like go up, you know, and just like just talk Start to talking people. to people. That's a lot different than than the states, you know. You know, it can easily make friends. And um, I mean, I haven't been to Brazil yet, but yeah, same thing in Colombia. I feel like maybe a little bit, probably not as much, but you can easily make friends in in, in Latin America. I think. I think so. Um, yeah. I would say the biggest difference between here and Medellin, though, is that Medellin, especially Poblado, you know, there's uh, <laughs> foreigners everywhere. Right here. Dude, I've been here a month, over a month. What is, what's today? Like a month and a week? Yeah, Maybe like a, almost a month and a half. And I haven't seen a single foreigner or like heard any other language other than Portuguese yet. Really? Well, Even that's good, right? Yeah, like I like it. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily, I guess it's kind of subjective. For some people, it's not good. You know, if you don't speak Portuguese, like if I were to go to like Russia or something, I think I would want at least some contact with people who don't... <laughs> Yeah. Like, I mean, that's a yeah, that's an advantage that you you know you were there, you've been there before and spent a good amount of time there and kept talking to people in um in in Atlanta that knew um Portuguese, so yeah, it may, may makes sense. Yeah, I, I I think the same thing. If I was like in Russia or in Asia, I think I'd want some English you know, speaking people to communicate yeah. with every now and then at least. Yeah, no, yeah, definitely. But I think wherever you are, you should make like a concerted effort to learn the language as much as possible because. Mm-hmm a is just like is good for you you know it's like and it's beneficial you know maybe it'll help you professionally or maybe it'll help you you know meet friends or like just make your life easier mm-hmm. and and beyond that like you'll get so much more out of the experience if you can hang out with the locals and like speak their language to even know, to like, know the slang all the term all this term, terminology yeah like it'll like i think you should do that no matter where you are yeah, it definitely helps you connect with people um, on a much deeper level. And I feel the same in, in, in Colombia, Latin America, since I know the language, you know, it's, it's just, I understand, you understand like the inside jokes, every little thing, like gesture, the small things that, you know, uh, a person that doesn't know the language would never understand or won't, wouldn't understand at that point, at that point, they don't know their language like that. And you know, when you're in danger too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's a good, good, good one too. And it's always good to know when you're in danger um like it for example it's good to know that and anywhere really but um yeah like i guess the the worst thing is a little bit worse in uh in brazil than it is in colombia so i feel a little bit safer oh well i can't well i don't really know but i'm i'm i'm, I'm already like mentally preparing myself for when when i do go to brazil and when be extra cautious you know i'm already cautious as this um but now you know definitely even more well, well now to the the final question is um you know from everything all these all your traveling experiences you know business failing um you know from working in atlanta <laughs> trying to you know you know one day with that dream to to make it to brazil you know and having to negotiate with uh, your boss and whatnot and you know not knowing exactly you know when it was going to happen you know what what was um what's something that you would what tip or something that you would give to someone that is going through that you know and 
you know, really wants it? You know, what is something, I guess, practical that can, that they can do? Not like, you know, not, not just like, oh, we'll get a job, but like what's something that mentally they can focus, you know, for me, like I, for everything that I've ever wanted, I've always believed in like visualization, meditating, and, um, just being positive and just obviously like working towards it every day, you know, is there something that you did or, you know, something like that that you could share with, with people? I think kind of going off what I said before, long-term thinking, I think like sets you up so much better mm-hmm. than like, let's figure out like how to make it work, like figure out how to make it work ahead of time. And even if it's delayed gratification, it's way more likely to work out than just like going for it and then figuring out while you're there. I mean, you can try that. In my experience, like just thinking long-term works a lot better than thinking short-term. Mm-hmm. I mean- Long, long-term as in like um like having a plan like your plan was brazil right and um or what was the long-term thing i mean i mean like i was saying before like if i could go back in time i would just like figured out like a path to get mm. to be able to work remotely you know as, as opposed to just like i'm just gonna go to brazil and and figure it out you know you can try that and for some people it works for me i've, I've seen if when i did not just that, other stuff too in life. When I think long term, things just work out better for me. And you know? did you have uh, and, the, and then obviously like planning out the steps to to get there, right? Is that oh, how yeah. have you done it? Yeah, planning. Um, also being organized. Something I started doing mm-hmm. work that transferred into my personal life is um, like on my screen, like right now. There's sticky notes everywhere, everything. You know, there's like all this shit. Otherwise, I'd forget it. Mm-hmm. I kind of brought that into my life too. And I started making lists and organizing everything. My Google Drive is sickeningly organized. You know, my life is in spreadsheets, everything. It doesn't take that much effort to do. It does initially. But after it's set up, it doesn't take much effort to maintain. And uh, all your stuff is like, you know exactly where it is. And that's another example of long-term thinking because you do it now and it sucks now. But long-term, if you need any information, if you need to look at a document, if you need to do whatever, if you need a reference, a plan or mm-hmm. some note, anything, you can find it. I think that's like something way more people should do. That's something I wish I'd done in the past. Okay. So this has definitely been helping you like becoming, or you said everything like it's in like folders and whatnot and sticky yeah. notes everywhere, right? Every, yeah. Everything that's long-term thinking like that, anything that sucks now, but you know, it's going to help you in the future to start it start it now it's 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 usually like that too huh anything you really want like initially it's hard to do it and you're like oh i gotta do this every day now in order to get to where i want to be um so that's my big piece of advice and even i like i fail on that a lot i do it more than i used to but like i need to do it more i think the more you do it the better off you are being organized do you have uh like you have like a, a morning routine or something like that yeah so when i wake up wake up I have three alarms. So on the third one's when I actually wake up. Okay. And, uh, <laughs> and that alarm is like, that last alarm reminds me to log my dreams. And so I just like have a shortcut on my phone. It's the first thing I do when I wake up, click it. And then whatever my dream was, type it in like right there. And once you start logging those, you start remembering your dreams more. Then you can start lucid dreaming. And it's cool. Plus it's cool to just remember your dreams as opposed to just like the night, nothing happened. Wait, hold on, hold on. So you have you, you know, I know this is supposed to be your last question, but you said that you know, you you actually remember them now. 
Yeah, so the more you log your dreams, the more you remember them. And so the more you remember the more you remember them, the more you can log them. And then the more, so it's just kind of like, uh, like a positive feedback loop. Mm-hmm. And the more you kind of like realize you're in them, and then the more you realize to wake up during them, which means the more you're able to do lucid dreaming. And what, what kind of things do you do in your dreams? When you-, <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can literally do anything. You Have know, you, you yeah, you've actually done this. Yeah, I did it more in the past. I'm getting back into it now. But uh, do you, there's a one that you could like, you know, you feel comfortable sharing, like <laughs> something that you did in the dream. Fly around, levitate, you know, Lit, like, like legit. You like in your dream, you're like, oh wait, I'm dreaming now. I I can control this. Man, okay. See, this is kind of like a whole other topic. But like, when you're in there, you realize you're sleeping. There's like, I don't know how to describe it. You need to come out, but not too much. If you come out too much and you realize you're dreaming, what happens? Okay, you're still in REM sleep. I think it's called. You yeah. come out, it feels like you're like rushing forward. And guess what? You wake up, but your body's paralyzed. Why? Because when you're dreaming, your body paralyzes itself so you don't walk around. When this mechanism fails, it's called sleepwalking. So mm. it's like an. Mm. But when your brain wakes up before your body does, it's called sleep paralysis. Okay. And you wake up and it's scary if you're not used to it. Okay. There's like, there's kind of ways to get out of it faster. But first few times, you wake up, you freak out, you also hallucinate. And it's not like it's normal. It's natural to hallucinate because when you're dreaming, that's the DMT in your brain, right? Which is a hallucination. Mm-hmm. So if you don't have it too fast, you're going to wake up, you're going to see some scary shit. You might freak out a little bit. It's fine. It only lasts like, I don't know, like 10 to like 30 seconds, maybe. Okay. But like one, that's just part of it. That's part of learning how to lucid dream. But you eventually learn how to like not freak out when you come out. And then you eventually learn how to not come out and then just always like stay in the dream. And then you kind of like lucid dream, do whatever you want, and then like go back to sleep. Kind of. hey, wait, wait, why did you start doing this? Man, because it's, it's cool. Like you're, you spend a third of your life sleeping. You don't remember any of it. You started lucid dreaming. Okay, this like you have like a big, like all these like experiences that you wouldn't have realized happened anyway. And you've had like, you know, ex- experiences in your sleep now. Dude, I used to, in high school, man, I was lucid dreaming a lot. I had a lot of sleep paralysis. I, I saw a lot of crazy shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm trying to get back into it, but got it. Get, get, can this huh? be beneficial to like, I guess your life? I mean, what can you do that like that? I mean, I, yeah, I see the point of like you know you're experiencing new things, but like, can you help? <laughs> I guess can you can you like I don't know, talk to yourself and say you know what I'm gonna get like work on some skills in your in your dream, <laughs> or is it like more not really like that? really like that it's not like insightful. or like you know how you could like maybe like when you're in the you know deal with some like emotional things you know like you know what you know have that kind of experience you know that's what i'm imagining you like you can like do these uh, that's not my experience my experience that's like meditation goes way further for that mm-hmm. kind of okay. thing this is okay. just you're just seeing random shit you're seeing like yeah i don't know like I don't know. Just random shit you see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, so, so after you log this, you know, then, then what do you do? Uh, so like my whole daily routine? Yeah, just the morning one, you know, like that sets you up, you know. Do you like you journal and things like that? So, yeah, but I journal at night. So I do the dreams Got in the morning. It. Night. So, yeah, I wake up. Usually I leave my window open because the weather's nice. So I'll, I'll usually leave it open, like something like that. So I'll wake up because there's light comes in and that's kind of like my first alarm. Close it. Mm-hmm. Do I just alarm one, alarm two, alarm three, wake up alarm three, do the journal, close the window all the way, and then uh and then brush my teeth, you go to the gym, come back from the gym, shave, shower, breakfast, walk to work. Awesome. 
And they say that is that 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 kind of like routine has definitely helped you become more uh, productive, efficient. Oh yeah, and I mean everyone can always improve. Like I could definitely improve, mm-hmm. but I'm definitely moving in the right direction. Gotcha, man. And actually, I have not just to really have uh, the last last final question is um, you know. <laughs> Why? <laughs> and I'm asking too many questions. But oh, you know, like you're like, wait, what the fuck is this guy talking? <laughs> yeah, after this conversation went way after you mentioned the the, the dreaming, I had to I had to ask more about this. That's so interesting. Um, but um, the, the question is, you know, what 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 do you want to be remembered for when you when you pass? Man, that's some deep shit. Uh, I know, man. We're talking about dreaming, lucid dreaming. How to keep it going? I mean, I think it's like my, my grandfather used to say, just like leave things better than you found them, you know? And if enough people do that, then shit will be better for everyone. You know, I feel like I don't, I don't need to be specifically remembered for anything. I think as long as, you know, do some good, make things better than, than, than they were when I got here, then, then I'm good and I'm happy. Awesome, man. Love it, man. Thank you, well, man. Thanks, man, for being on the podcast. Yeah, thank you.